very, very different from the lifestyle that I now have. Um, and you know, a massive part of that was me like massively pushing myself out, out of my comfort zones to get into the mountains. Hi, welcome to Paths and Outdoors. My name is Davy Wright. Uh, today we're at Fort William Mountain Festival, uh, and uh, I'm going to speak to Brian Sharp from Mountain Wave Coaching, uh, a running coach from the everyday athlete right up to the ultra athlete. So, Brian, welcome. Hi. How are you doing? I'm very well. Um, so, at Paths and, uh, and Outdoors, we like to talk to outdoor people and how they got to where they got to, uh, yeah. or where they are now. Um, so if you give us just a bit of background about yourself, where you're from, how you get into the outdoors and, and your kind of journey to, to, to where you are now. Yeah, um, so I'm from central Scotland, uh, just outside Stirling, um, and um, got into running from probably when I was about 25 maybe. My stepdad wanted to do the Free Peaks Challenge mm -hmm. and we um, kind of trained for it together. I had kind of no idea about any running and stuff like that. Um, and we did the challenge and then I guess I just caught the bug and I got really into it. I met a couple of people that were doing running and stuff like that and then from there I just kept doing it and doing it and then yeah, totally fell in love with being outside, running in the hills and stuff. And then so prior to training uh, for the National Three Peaks, I assume, um, yeah. what, what was your kind of outdoor um, exposure? then, like either uh, at school or kind of after that? Well, kind of non-existent really actually. Yeah. Um, I, was, I always liked the, the outdoors, um, but I guess I never really found my way to kind of access it until I got into running. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, the first time I ever went to the Highlands was when I was maybe about 15 and with my uncle we used to do like roof slating. Um, so we would come up to the highlands to slate roofs on some of the islands as well and that was definitely my first time leaving kind of like central Scotland mm -hmm. and um, yeah I remember like traveling up north and just being kind of like amazed by all the mountains and stuff that you'd see um, but I'm not a walker and I've never been a hiker or anything like that and nobody in your, in your family like your uncle or your, or your no. dad prior to that no no not really I mean we would go fishing and stuff like that mm -hmm. but not um, real kind of outdoorsy. So your, your travel up and into for your slating was that would that be the kind of seed I, I would imagine to, to, to well, wanting to be on the hills? Yeah well certainly to to just seeing the landscapes and, mm. and falling in love with it. Training for this challenge my stepfather was was quite outdoorsy and um, all of once we started training and he would take me out to the hills so the Ochil Hills which is kind of local to where I lived mm -hmm. and then just really quickly I became just quite engrossed in being outside and the benefits of that. Mm -hmm. And then when we kind of finished training for this challenge, I found that I just kept running and I would keep going to the to the local hills. So um, so did you run the Three Peaks? Was that the...? I failed actually, I never right. did it. He okay. did it. Right. He, he actually drove and did the challenge. Okay, so how many was it? Just the two of you? Or just the two of us, yeah. Okay. So very low key. He drove the entire thing mm -hmm. and completed it. And um, and I never completed it. So when we were coming off Snowdon um, in Wales, he, um, yeah, he, he got down before me and he was back to the car, but yeah, I never made it. So I come, a full 24 hours had elapsed and I still ah, wasn't okay. back at the car. But you got, you got through the, the full challenge, but just over 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, it just took me longer than 24 okay. four hours. So this, this that's, is... That's, I mean, I, I did it 
the three peaks a few years ago now, um, and we had a minibus and there was a team of six of us, but we had a driver. Yeah. Um, I think he got the least sleep, if I'm honest. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a fair, that's a fair challenge to do and drive yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. So, so I, ca I mean, certainly at the time, I kind of like look, I still look up to him. But you know, I was kind of like amazed by the fact that well, he'd driven it and done it, and I was just like, how do mm. you do that? Mm. And I didn't have much exposure to that kind of mm -hmm. that outdoor lifestyle, or certainly mountain running or ultra running. Mm -hmm. um, so I very quickly became quite obsessed with it, and then found out about people that were doing it. You know, athletes like Killian and stuff like that. I, I kind of became really interested and would follow their progress and watch the videos online and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly, I kind of started thinking, well, maybe I could become a mountain runner. You know, and it was this very like um, aspirational aspirational goal, goal as yeah. someone who just had no background or history running whatsoever. So, following the uh, you're about 25, you said following the yeah. the uh, the challenge. What was your next Kind of, what did you do then to, to try and get to, to that goal? Um, I found a race in Glen Nevis and it was part of the Glencoe Marathon gathering. Um, so it was a 10k race um, and I entered it just randomly, like wondering, well, I'm mm. kind of like enter this race and see what happens. And I actually came second and it totally it surprised me so much. Um, and I was so inexperienced at the time, I had no idea that there would even be like a prize mm -hmm. ceremony or anything. <laughs> I remember we finished the race in Glen Nevis and then me and my stepdad, because he came and supported me, mm. um, we started hiking up Ben Nevis because we were going to go hike up Ben Nevis after it. Mm -hmm. And then we could hear from the area that they were giving it a prize giving. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I've maybe got something. And I went back and, and they did give me something, they yeah. gave me like a jacket. Nice. Um, but I was just like, oh wow, that's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, from that I just got really heavily into it, I guess. Um, met, kind of connected with some local people back in Stirling that were doing running, and yeah. then I got involved in the, the local club there, which is the local hill runners. Mm -hmm. And then from that, it kind of just progressed and progressed. And snowballed. Snowballed, yeah, I did a couple of hill. It was interesting because when I ran that race in Glen Nevis, and um, I finished second, I was like, whoa, wow, this is, well, it's actually easier than I thought it was. And then I ran my first fell race, mm -hmm. and I think I was just just about in the top fifty or something like that. And these, I was, like, oh, that's really hard, you yeah. know, like yeah. hardcore people that were. What just, was the distance to your first fell race? Do you remember? Uh, it was a, very, a really short one, um, four four miles, I think, or something okay. like that, up to my and the Oakle mm -hmm. Hills. Mm -hmm. um, but just super intense, you know, like incredibly steep climbs. Um, but yeah, just totally caught caught the bug, and then the the ability to then go and run in the hills and be outside just massively appealed to me and mm -hmm. I also quite like social media and taking pictures and sharing the story and kind of quite quickly that became part of it all was was actually going and, and creating content and shooting um, pictures and stuff and then sharing it and then you know all of a sudden you know a lot of people would be quite interested in the pictures that I took mm -hmm. and I never ever really had anything in my life before where I was never ever successful at anything ever uh, as uh, kind of grown up, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I had this thing that I did that people were interested in, and okay. that massively then motivated me to. Right. So that know. so that's interesting that other other people's interest, although you have the interest in it, and and we're pushing that other other yeah. people's interest kind of kind of lifted that again. Mm. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. 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 No, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and and what then? Where is that now progressed to? What's the 
what's the next stage of that? Like you've so you've got the interest, you've got people who are uh, who are now interested in following you. Yeah. What did you do with that? Um, I guess entered more races, became more exposed to the type of running that people could do, and then kind of created my own ideas of well, maybe I could do that and this. Mm -hmm. What were those ideas? Well, you, very quickly you start thinking about ultramarathons and all this sort of stuff. I actually ran my first ultramarathon less than a year into just running mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't even been running a whole year and then I did my first ultramarathon. What was that? That uh, was the D33 in, okay. in Aberdeen. So, okay, yeah. so 33 miles along the River D, mm -hmm. and I broke me. I remember like seven miles in stopping and having to like rub my shins. I used to, I kind of got plagued with shin splints and stuff mm -hmm. in the beginning, which is quite similar to a lot of runners. Mm -hmm. But to go from like never really, well, never running at all mm -hmm. to then and like putting this massive load on it's your like body. A year on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. a year on. And I was like, I just wanted to jump off stuff and like take cool <laughs> pictures of it. I mean, that's just yeah. the reality of it, isn't mm -hmm. it? And share it online because yeah. I got so much stoke from doing that yeah. um, and excitement. And then you know, very quickly, I was like, oh, I actually can't do that because it's absolutely agony. Um, <laughs> and then it got to the point where I was like getting out of bed in the morning and when I was like, as soon as I stood up, right. you know, I'd be really sore. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, well, actually, I need to take this a bit more seriously and have a think about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then I did a bit of research into it and then got a coach involved that helped me. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the game changer in terms of me understanding um, what I was capable of and like fitness and an actual capability and getting a coach involved that gave me a plan because the plan that I got at the time, so this is a good few, few years back now, it, it was so radically different from any idea that I had in my head of, about what training should look like right. um, and it just totally opened my eyes to this. this so new. what were the key differences to that? Run slower, run easier, run more often but less intense. Um, so I'd be like running three runs a week but at quite a high intensity and then like breaking my body and then not being able to run the following week. So it was all, you know, at like Strava, so I used Strava. Actually, quite interestingly, I've always used Strava. Mm -hmm. So because I never ran until about six years ago, um, the first run I ever logged was on Strava. So I have a complete full running life history on Strava, mm -hmm. which is so interesting yeah. to look back at. To see what the difference you can are see in the first year, it's like, whoa, it's like, this and then it's like this <laughs> and then the, the two years after it's like this right. and then now it's kind of like a kind of plateaued a bit of a line yeah mm -hmm. um and how have you what would you say was your biggest kind of learnings from that then apart from the kind of running slower and less but where would you say your your kind of key learnings from from taking on a coach and taking on a plan what would be the um taking taking care of your body i guess right. and not um not getting too overexcited um, and understanding that your goal is, is ahead of you, it's in the future mm -hmm. and what you do now will have massively impact your ability to be successful at it. Okay. Um, I think I always used to, again it kind of goes back to that I had never really found something that I was good at before or, or enjoyed as much mm -hmm. so I, I just wanted to do it as much as possible mm -hmm. um, and then the coaching kind of thing made me realise in order that I had to do, I had to um, really be careful with what I did now in order to achieve this thing that was in the future. Okay, so building as sort of gradually, sort yeah. of building up to some to something. Yeah, I'm not or a very patient person, so <laughs> maybe that, that's probably part of it. Fair enough. Um, but and yeah, and so the coaching sort of helped that patience, or or yeah, or, I think or kind of 
kept your feet on the ground a little bit? Yeah, it gave me discipline, I think. It discipline. was, it was severely lacking in discipline mm -hmm. prior to that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like some of the mates that I ran with, we would go do like a Munro run and it would be like a really long, intense day out. Mm -hmm. um, and I would never be one to complain about the fact that my legs were in agony or anything like that. And it would go longer and longer. And all of a sudden you're spending like up to like eight, nine hours outside running for like the whole day and all kinds of sorts of challenging weather and stuff. Mm. Um, and then it, I had to really rein that in, I think, to become the runner that I am today, I had to really like re sh yeah, reshape the types of runs that I did and when I did them and how I did them. Okay. So, so do you still run with other people then? Yes. Or? I now live in Glencoe, so I now, I've now moved up north. Um, okay. So my friends that I would have ran with before are not as close anymore so I don't run with them I tend to run on my own and then obviously Covid mm -hmm. you yeah. know has been sandwiched right in the middle of all that mm -hmm. so um, becoming a, a lone runner is probably quite common for most people I think. I think so yeah yeah um, and especially with all the events that, have, that were cancelled over that time yeah. like not being able to run with other people yeah. and uh, when some people would just find that's when the, they would come together I would yeah. imagine. Um, so now you have started your own kind of running coaching yes. uh, business from called Mountain Wave. Yeah. How did that come? Or what has it taken to to start that? What was your what did you need to achieve to to get that started? Probably the biggest thing was just having confidence in my ability. Um, I've put myself through some qualifications that have given me like the con um, the backup, I guess. Mm -hmm. But. I think that I had kind of always been doing it. So social media, like I said before, it's quite a big platform for me and I use it a lot and I do get asked a lot mm -hmm. about the runs that I do and the coaching and I have kind of, and I kind of roundabout way, been giving out coaching advice mm -hmm. um, to people for years now, I guess, on, on like routes to run, mm -hmm. shoes to wear, all that sort of stuff. Um, and the coaching was quite new, so I wasn't never, it was never in my long-term plan to do run coaching. Um, in my working life, so alongside all of this, um, I had quite a good office job in Edinburgh and, I, and I'm in the middle of all this. So basically becoming an outdoor person made me massively want to change my work life as well okay. and my work life balance. So I quit my job. Was um, that pre-COVID or was that? This was pre-COVID, pre yeah, that, that 2018. Had been, so 2018 you decided yeah, you yeah. were going to shift your work life balance? Exactly, actually it's before then, it's 20, a year before that, sorry. Okay. Um, so yeah, I quit my job and learned how to drive a bus, which is quite radically different. Mm -hmm. um, I never forget like sitting my test, driving through Glasgow in this big huge bus, and I had quit my job because I was, I'm like I said, I'm impatient. I'm kind of like, okay. I like to be. It's not advice that I'd give anyone, but I like to motivate myself by putting myself in a really diff difficult okay. situation. Um, so yeah, I, I drove this bus and then passed my test, and then kind of like immediately. When I got the job that I got doing tour guiding in Edinburgh, I got asked to do these like bespoke whiskey tours. So then all of a sudden, you know, in the space of a year, I went from like going into the office in Edinburgh, really not that happy, and definitely people in the office thought I was quite a strange character because I'd be going running up after a seat on my lunch break yeah. from Stockbridge, and then I'd come back and go into a meeting, and I was like sweaty and stuff. And mm. I definitely I don't think I fitted in quite well. <laughs> well that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I've been been to a few different places uh, and, and I've always found that 
things like the, the Fort William Mountain Festival and other mountain festivals that I've been to that you, you find your, uh, as, as one person I know describes it, your tribe. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then when you say, oh, I do this at lunchtime, and they go, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, magic. Whereas <laughs> there's other people uh, that aren't really into it, as it were, and that they, yeah. they go, oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Like half my family think half the stuff I do is weird. <laughs> uh, but that's okay, and I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, so that, that resonates. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I was doing these whiskey tours and going to Isla and going to Speyside and stuff. And I was just like amazed at the fact that I could do this as a job. And very selfishly, when I first thought about being a tour guide, it was genuinely because I thought, because I love Scotland, right? I love traveling all around Scotland. I thought, um, oh, this is a way for me to travel on my, like I can travel this way and I'll just take some people with me. Because I'm not actually naturally a really confident type of person. Mm -hmm. Certainly wasn't back then. I'm much more confident now. Probably the, through the doing this. Tours the, that's helped Yeah, that. so that was so like far out of my comfort zone. I remember like when I first did the bus tours and it'd be like 30 people behind me and, and I'd be like shaking on this bus, you know, having to like deliver a tour. Yeah. Um, but the passion for Scotland always came through and I was, ge I was genuine about it. So what ended up happening is I kind of found this little niche in, in the tour guiding that I did and I would take people, whenever I took people to here in Fort William, um, you know, I'd f I would want to like get off the bus with them and actually show them places in the, in the high street, you know, the best places to get coffee and stuff like that. I wouldn't just like take them to, you know, a single stop that benefited me because I could take a break or something like that. So I find I was a tourist as much as, as people and, and lots of the reviews that I got that was kind of generally the vibe. So I loved it and then, so anyway, to go back to the coaching, because we went off of that, sorry. So I was, um, just before COVID happened, I quit my tour guide job and I started doing tours on my own and I was taking people on short walks up Connick Hill in Loch Lomond, mm -hmm. living in Glasgow at the time. And I'd give them a, like a, a whiskey at the summit and stuff like that and it was all good fun and people really loved it. And then I got lots of work that summer and then COVID happened. And then we lived in Glasgow at the time, and that's how we ended up moving here to the Highlands to live with my partner's family, um, who kindly um, took us in. <laughs> um, <laughs> lost puppies. Yeah. <laughs> so the last two years, uh, we've been living here, and I've been working with my partner's family business, right. um, which is a local business in Ballagulish. It's called Woodlands Glen Co. Um, and they've got amazing accommodation there, and they've got this amazing activity centre. They do segway tours and yeah. kind of all stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I was um, managing that for them doing the tours, um, um, super fun. But obviously once you kind of have this idea of kind of going, going on your own, I don't think that that doesn't really leave you, does it? Mm. So I was going to do my own tours again, experiential tourism. I'm really switched on in terms of like providing kind of quirky trips. I like, I'm a massive coffee fan. You, anyone that knows me really well will, will associate. Hugging one there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a big part of my life. and. Um, I want to like take people out into the hills and like make them coffee and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then it ca someone just kind of said to me, have you never thought about doing coaching? And I kind of was like, oh, actually that I've not, but that kind of makes sense. And I did a bit of research into it because I kind of thought you would have needed like a lot of qualifications for it. But actually I found, I, I looked up some people that were doing it and, and couldn't really find any so I was a bit interested as to what it, what what it required, was, yeah. Yeah, what, what the competency was. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'd got a coach to help me last year because I was kind of struggling with my own running. And when I thought about it, why did I get a coach? It wasn't because I needed to know how to run better. It was because I needed someone to make me accountable. 
And the coach that I used, this uh, really lovely lady from Aberdeen, she like massively improved my running just by making me accountable for it, for the workouts that we did. Um, and then I had a bit of success last year and then, yeah, it just totally made sense. Mountain Wave was like my Instagram handle for a while. And Mountain Wave is something that resonates with me because I spend quite a lot of time, whether I'm like walking the dog in the morning or whether I'm on the mountains running. Um, a lot of the time when you're on the west coast of Scotland, you, kinda, you can see the ocean, but you can also see mountains as well. And I've spent a lot of time, yeah, just like standing, like looking at the ocean, thinking about the mountains beyond and how I'd like to go there. And I don't know, the name just kind of made sense in my head, I guess, Mountain Wave. So, as, well, as you, as you were talking there about being in the mountains and yeah. having the sea, and yeah. uh, it, it looked like it, obviously, and you mentioned the word resonate, how does that help you as a person? Oh, massively, like humongously. Um, I had definitely quite a tough upbringing and it's very, very different from the lifestyle that I now have. Um, and, you know, a massive part of that was me, like, massively pushing myself out, out of my comfort zones to get into the mountains and to get into running. And um, the mental health benefits are just phenomenal, really. For, for getting outside and, and getting running and so where the you mentioned obviously a tough upbringing and I think that that's quite a common thing and, and probably one of the reasons why I um, started to, this podcast to talk to people because I, I'm, I'm interested to where they've come from where the yeah. the, the beginnings were and, and what that was and how that's manifested it to to where you are now and I'm, I'm not going to ask you to, to delve into your Childhood for and that, but I think it is quite it is quite a common thing that yeah. Um, these your your how to describe it? I've kind of gone off my own tangent. Um, <laughs> you no no I know you you found something to help you out of a tough situation or, or through into a, a a better situation, which is yeah. where you, you you seem to have found yourself now. Yeah, definitely. Um and. What do you think was the was the catalyst for that then? Was it the I've gone on the three the three peak challenges coming up? I've I've looked at the mountains when I was younger and I'll, that might be a good good idea. Or where where do you think that catalyst came from to push yourself out of your comfort zone? I guess genuine. If I was to be completely genuine from a selfish point of view, uh, the desire to actually like achieve something massively appealed to me. And like I kind of said before, I had never really been good at anything in my past. And you know, like, I guess like when you're like kind of from a small town and, but actually in quite a big area, but anyway, like there's not, I never left school with like any super qualifications or anything like that or any real aspirations and I had no idea what I wanted to do with life. So when I found this thing that I was quite good at, I just like clung on to it for dear life, I guess. Um, and it, it absolutely gave me purpose and meaning. It gave me meaning, I would probably say more than purpose because I had never ever felt like I had anything to give before I think. Mm -hmm. So what's um, then, the, uh, if, it's given, if that's giving you the meaning, what's the purpose? It's definitely <laughs> deep in it. <laughs> oh, super deep man. <laughs> uh, well the purpose now is different from what it was back then. Okay. So I think the purpose now is definitely to use this platform that I have almost effectively kind of created for myself. To use this platform to you know, now that I'm a bit older and a bit more accomplished with running and I definitely understand where I'm at in life and I'm, I'm happy and fine. 
I think that my purpose is through Mountain Wave Coaching is definitely to show people that you don't have to, there's no preconceived idea of what, you know, your, what you have to, what your skills have to be like in order for you to do these, these types of outdoor um, endeavours, if you like. The outdoors is absolutely accessible to everyone. Um, and that's not just, you like, no matter what your background is or where you come from or, or whatever. And the benefits to, to actually going outdoors and being outside and, and running particularly, mm. uh, you know, is just phenomenal and, it, and it'll, it will change your life, you know, in probably quite a positive way. So if I can provide a platform that shows people that the benefits of being outside, then I think that's just amazing. Um, whilst also inspiring people through the content that I create. Um, I love, love sharing videos and I love like thinking up ideas of, you know, really cool content to make from the runs that I do. And, you know, when I, when I put that online and the re reactions that people give me, you know, and uh, they're like so inspired by what I'm doing, which actually in the grand scale of things, right, in the world sense, it's quite mediocre. There's some people doing some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> I'm inspired by, you know, we're all inspired by someone, aren't we? Um, but I just find it so unbelievably fulfilling to to be able to potentially inspire other people to, to do what I've done. So you mentioned uh, being inspired by people and earlier on you mentioned Kelly Jolly. Uh, who else would, who else inspires you or, or gives you that kind of focus or carrot, I suppose, to go and do stuff? <laughs> who, who has inspired you to, uh, to, to do stuff? Wow. And, that, and that's not, not just athletes, but people in, uh, people in your peer group or, your, yeah. or, your, or, or maybe mentors. Yeah, uh, so, oh, so many people. It's interesting because when you put it on a spot like that, it's quite, quite hard to just be like, isn't yeah. it? One person that does bring to mind is, so there's definitely someone that I ran with in the, the Oakle Hill Runners, so the group that I used to run with. Mm -hmm. And we still stay in contact today and we don't run as much anymore because we live so far away from each other. Um, but my friend John from the club that I ran for, he used to always give me so much advice and he would, he would stay in contact with me and he would give me books on mountain leading and stuff like that. Um, and he was like this unbelievable fountain of knowledge you know, about like the Bob Graham round in England and stuff like that. You know, I, I never knew anything about any of that until, until this, you know, we would be going like on a mountain running. So we'd be spending two hours in the car with each other and he would be telling me all these stories about fell running and it just used to like, it just blow my mind really. And he would, because it's interesting because today we live in a world where it's so easy to share what you do. We do it subconsciously now, don't we? You know, it's like Instagram stories and all this TikTok and stuff, you know. And I also, I almost think like, it's easy to forget, or it's, it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that uh, it's quite new that people are doing amazing things, but people have been doing amazing things for a long time, you know, and it's just that 50 years ago they couldn't talk about it and, or share it in the same way. And quite often in, you know, the, the fell running or mountain running world here in Britain, you know, I'll hear about stories of people that have done just the most unbelievable things and they didn't even tell anyone. They didn't even, they just went and did it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just staying humble to that, um, yeah, I just find really inspiring. So anyway, my friend John, we would go and run and do these crazy stuff, and that just massively inspired me to keep going and doing it, I guess. So more recently, you mentioned through your coach from uh, Lady from Aberdeen, you had some successes last year. What would, what would they be? Yeah, so she helped me get a PB in a race um, that I'd ran 
I always get confused with years now. I always want to say the year before, but really that's kind of like three years before, isn't it? It's like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to keep mentioning the COVID world, that, yeah. but it's like, well, no, I don't even know what yeah. year it is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so ch- she helped me get like over an hour's PB. So there's a race in England uh, in the Lake District, Scaffold Pike Trail Marathon. Mm-hmm. I'd ran that. Um, and then she gave me a specific training program for that race and I was like nearly an hour faster, which I, I wouldn't, not to take anything away from the training, but it wasn't just the training, it was also the fact that I had been investing in my own time and I had already been training really hard. But again, she gave me the, the plan that made me disciplined to then, and I was race ready because of her plan and it worked. Um, so I got this amazing PB at this race. Um, I. There was a race in Aberdeen that I went and ran and I came third place and I had, it was against like a couple of local runners that just knew the area so unbelievably well and I think the guy in second place who was only about 10 seconds ahead of me, I just, he just, the last part was super undulating and he just was able to judge the little undulations better than me because he knew it like the back of his hand I guess. Um, so yeah, so some successes. I also had some failures though and um, Generally, I'm not known for my organisational skills, um, so I'm very bad for, or I have been very bad for, like not doing enough preparation and like just turning up and seeing what happens. I'll give you an example. I ran a fifth, my first 50 mile race um, was the Muddy Coast 50 miler. Uh, I think it was in May last year, and. I kind of thought, well, it's just along the coast, so, you know, it's just along the coast. You've got sea on one side, so as long as you follow the ocean, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I knew what the elevation was going to be like. I certainly knew what the distance was, so I kind of knew those parameters and knew, and I I'd came to terms with, like, that and what it would be like to run 50 miles. I had ran already 50 miles before. Um, and I just wore the wrong shoes. So I wore these, like, road shoes that had carbon plate in them. I kind of, I had read that a lot of it was on road and I've kind of thought I value the road running over the trails because I can move a bit faster on road. I'm a mountain runner that's, that loves running on road. I'm very anti, I'm such a strange mountain runner. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I wore these, ca- and then what happened was the toe box was so small and after about 34 miles, um, I'd like cracked my toenails. So like my big toenails, this sounds a bit horrible. I'm not sure if you're going to share this, but you're probably no. like, this is, so, I'd kind of like cracked the nail bed on like both feet and it was excruciating. At mile 25, I had to get my partner to uh, change my shoes. Mm -hmm. So I stopped and changed my shoes and I was in the lead, I was winning. And then from mile 25 onwards, I remember running along this stretch of beach at Lossiemouth. And it was just the most brutal thing I've ever done. I think, I'm sure it was at Lossiemouth. Beyond, just beyond Lossiemouth actually, but it was like this really kind of pebbly, but really just brutal beach ran along it and my toes were absolutely gubbed in at about mile 34 I had to stop right. and then sat down and cried a wee bit. Yeah. I was so, disa- so disappointed because I knew that I was capable of winning it and I would knew I was capable of running it in quite a good time mm-hmm. and um, then for about 10 solid miles I'd been running with like excruciating pain in my toes um, and then I eventually gave in and stopped um, but I was winning and I, and I was well on target for the time that I wanted to run and I was fit enough to do it. Mm-hmm. So I just felt... So what was that? What was the, the learnings from that shoe choice? Or Just prepare. We, we, we <laughs> turned up, we drove like the night before, we got there at like 10pm and we, I like, I'm quite bad for saying I'll sleep in the back of my car. Um, and like, 
I'd forgotten coffee, so like in the, and we'd forgotten a spoon as well. I had to eat my porridge with like the lid of a, <laughs> well, like a plastic lid from a box. Anyway, wasn't as prepared as I should have been. Okay. Why, so, why do you think you didn't, you didn't prepare? Um, because, that sounds horrible, but I don't, I probably just never valued the, um, headed probably thought I was, it was going to be okay, thought I'd, I'd managed to get through it, mm -hmm. kind of thought it's going to just be following the coast, mm -hmm. didn't think that the terrain would be anything that I had never handled or done before, um, but it, just, it totally caught me off. There was a couple of sections as well where you were actually running on beach. Energy sapping. Yeah, <laughs> very energy sapping. Mm -hmm. I did know there was beach, but I didn't realise it was going to be like as sandy as it is. That sounds horrible. People are watching that are going to think, you didn't think the beach was going to be sandy, Brian. <laughs> I'm not, I'm digging myself in a massive hole here. Like I just, sand, I, sand I, <laughs> I never prepared. And my partner was, you know, she was, she always tells me to prepare. It's mm -hmm. not like, right. I'm not warned she about it. your manager. She, yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're going to go back to do it again? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, now we're at uh, Mountain Wave Coaching starting, or has started, uh, and you developed that. And you've not really sold that well there, have I? Well, we can talk about it now. That's what it's, <laughs> that's what it's for. I'm, I'm more prepared now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you take the learnings from, yeah. from those failures. That's what, that's <laughs> yeah. what failures are for. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you started Mountain Wave. You sat there in your RAB jacket. You're a RAB-sponsored uh, uh, yes. Athlete as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you've you've also gained some. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Notoriety. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> some kudos in the in the industry. Yeah. Um, so what what's what's Mountain Wave Coaching going to do now? Help um, runners with their goals. Um, so I'm super lucky that I do have this this platform that I guess I've been working on over the years of of Brian on social media. Um, people have always followed the races that I've done and stuff um, and you know it certainly wasn't I had quite a lot of interest initially which I'm just so unbelievably thankful for um, and the goals that people have like are all things that are have been a goal at one point in my life that I've then overcame um, so helping people achieve something I think will just be the most phenomenal feeling um, knowing what I went through to go from like overcoming injury, like never having ran ever, to then like getting to the point where I could win an ultra marathon. Knowing that I could do that is gives me uh, such a great, I guess, ability to help other people with goals like that. And I think that a lot of people, you know, if if you said to me certainly t six seven years ago, you and and three years time you're going to win an, an ultra marathon, I wouldn't have even known what an ultra marathon was. Um, but sounds pretty tough, you know. How do you do that? And um, yeah, the discipline and like total commitment to training that I had, you know, was just phenomenal. Um, and if I can help other people understand that they can do anything they want to do by applying these kind of basic rules, then that would be amazing. So Mountain Wave Coaching, I guess. I also want to do some tra trail running camps. So in Glencoe, I want to bring people together to enjoy guided trail runs. So obviously my background of being a tour guide kind of puts me in this really good position where you know I can also coach people but I can also guide people as well 
Um, so in the mountains, I've ran most of the sky running events in the UK um, and certainly know Glencoe incredibly well. Um, so I'd love to bring people to the area, help them help people understand the responsibilities as people that go out running outside. Um, I want to bring local businesses together to um, to be part of this product, this trail running camp product, um, by leading on safety talks, um, providing, I guess, history and knowledge of the area, and just bringing people to be inspired by the mountains and then also film it um, and add my own little quirky taste um, for the kind of social media side of things um, and just try and create this really amazing product. Because there's quite a lot of trail running camps happening in the UK right now. Um, but I don't think there's any quite like what I have in my head in Glencoe, you know, pr in terms of like really bringing local businesses that absolutely, you know, live in the Glen every single day um, together to, to deliver this really exceptional product um, that will bring the right type of tourist customer to the area um, that will have a respect for it when they come, uh, stay for longer and then, you know, come back hopefully, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I'm very switched on with tourism and, and the right type of tourism and wanting to bring um, really like benefit the area that I live in um, with the coaching stuff as well. So there's lots of plans. I also want to do my own races as well, so mountain wave races. I've been speaking to landowners locally about setting up races. Um, so yeah, so. So big, big plans. Mm -hmm. oh, good. Exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's very exciting. Yeah, 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 sounds good. We're, I'll definitely get up there if, uh, if there's a training camp on or something. We'll, nice. we'll come up and uh, we'll bring the podcast there as well. Nice. Um, so, I suppose it's it's just a case of now you just putting that that plan into place, and you seem like a pretty uh, uh, focused person to to make that happen. It's coffee. <laughs> it's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's caffeine. Caffeine get, does it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, well, Brian, we we before we we met, literally. Before this started, yeah. uh, I didn't know anything about you, but I feel like we'll, we'll, you've covered a lot of ground there, uh, and and it's been really nice. good to hear your story. Um, Thank you. And I look forward to, to seeing you, uh, seeing it sort of flourish, and we'll um, hopefully in the future we'll we'll catch up and see where it where it took you. Yeah, thanks a lot. No, no thanks Thank very much, Brian. Cheers. You're welcome. Well, that's been passing outdoors uh, with Brian from Mountain Wave Training uh, Coaching, and we'll see you again next time. Mm -hmm.